Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Bird are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Bird. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Eric Vermilia. Eric bowled collegiately at the University of Nebraska. He was a member of Junior Team USA, and his team won the 2013 All-Events title at the USBC Open Championship. Eric, Tim Berg, and Coach K. Steve Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Eric. Well, you are a Cornhusker, one of the many Cornhuskers now that we've interviewed on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight. So talk about your decision and why you chose to go to Nebraska. Well, it's actually, uh, I was kind of uh, drugged down there, if you will. Um, originally, I did not plan on uh, attending Nebraska, but uh, at the time, my, my lovely girlfriend, Amanda Burgoyne, at the time, was offered a uh, a scholarship down there. So she, she made her way down there, and after I saw how much she enjoyed it, I figured uh, you know, I might as well hop on down there and become a cornhouse for myself. And then what exactly, you know, what was it like as far as your, maybe what you said you were drugged down there? Like, what was your anticipation of bowling in college like versus then, you know, as far as, you know, kind of seeing and experiencing that kind of team atmosphere? Tell us about that a little bit. Sure. Actually, uh, you know, through high school and stuff, I really had very little exposure to college bowling. So I really, uh, you know, everything I kind of knew about as far as the, the college bowling programs across the country and the whole experience is what I heard secondhand from other people. So I, you know, I just kind of planned on going to a, a, a state college kind of close to home and, and just kind of bowling there if, if it was available and just, you know, really didn't place a whole lot of emphasis on it. And uh, after I kind of saw, you know, the potential and the, the different experiences you can gain and, and just, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of good times too. After I kind of kind of saw and, and more or less knew what was going on there, it was a, a lot more of a, a willing decision to go down there and dive in and, uh, you know, the, the amount of things that you can learn and experiences and, and that kind of thing that you can gain from college bowling really is valuable. Yeah, so talk about that. You you moved down there. You're, a, you know, probably a very accomplished bowler in your high school career bowling, and then you get down to college. What were some of the things that really kind of opened your eyes to like, wow, I'm, I'm not quite as good as what I thought I was? <laughs> well, we were, uh, you know, in Nebraska, we're in the central part of the country, so it seemed like every tournament we went to was on, you know, majority of sport patterns, but really hard ones that, that broke down really fast. And it became just a lot of grinding, a lot of spare shooting. And, you know, it really taught you to adjust quick and really keep an open mind because, you know, you can only bring five or six balls with you because you got the whole team packed into a van. So if you don't have those 12 or 14 options with you, and you really got to just really grind on every shot. And plus just the, the whole flow of college bowling uh you know it's it's a lot of time spent bowling a game um a lot of communication and, and not a lot of actual shots so you don't really getting no rhythm is a challenge and it takes a lot of mental focus just to, to stay committed and on top of everything and a lot of communication which you know for for most college age kids is not the easiest thing <laughs> now that's I mean, communication that's that kind of brings up an interesting topic for me i was uh you know there's a lot of uh discussion and and uh emphasis about uh, what it takes to, to be a good uh, team bowler and, and what do you, you know when you talk about the communication stuff what what, what kind of things uh, um, do you discuss or talk about with your team whether you're bowling collegially or uh, collegiately or whether you're going uh, and bowling the USBC Open Championships in the, in the team event you know what are, what are some of the kind of things you talk about 
Well, that's actually a great question. And uh, kind of having been on a few different sides of a few different teams, kind of, you know, between college and the Open Championships and almost on a team event, I've really seen what, what good and bad communication is all about. Um, you know, in college, it's, it's hard for everyone to kind of put the, you know, the personal, I'm trying to strike, I'm trying to make the tournament team, I'm trying to do great, and put that aside and just focus on the team goal. And I, I know in college, I was not very good at that. So look, looking back, I certainly uh, it could have been a much better collegiate bowler myself, having been a part of some better teams here later on. And, uh, you know, the communication aspect, it's, it's not even just one thing or it's not even just about the lane conditions or adjustments and that kind of stuff. It's just about everyone being on the same page and everyone contributing to uh, the common goal. And it's such a hard thing to get everyone on that same page and to, and to commit to what you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, there are certainly a few college teams out there that, that, that do attain that. And, uh, you know, you see those, that's kind of why you see the same teams every year to have the same kind of, kind of success with, uh, with new players coming in, that leadership knows how to ingrain that that culture, and it's it's a really cool thing. But uh, you know, for the most part, it's just really being open and honest with the teammates, and everyone having that common goal, and really working towards attaining it. So you have had a lot of success at the USBC Open Championships, second last year in team, all events total twenty eighty three, in a very demanding pattern down in El Paso. Talk about how you were able to communicate with your teammates there and how you're able to use your collegiate experience to, you know, to propel yourself and to excel at the USBC Open Championships? Sure. Uh, I, I'm very, very fortunate at the Open Championships. The the group of, uh, the ten of us that go out there now is just uh, an amazing group of bowlers. We have a great time. Um, we've, we've been together for a while, which I think is part of it. Um, it's, it's really hard just to, to slap a group together and within, you know, a day or two kind of all be on that same page, but, uh, you know, I think our our core group now has been at it for almost ten years. So we kind of, we kind of have that history. We have we know how to talk to each other. We know what uh, you know when to kind of poke at someone and encourage them. When to kind of leave them alone. When to you know more or less walk up to them with a different ball and go here, throw this because it's going to be the right option and don't don't give them an option to to discuss it with you. That actually happened with me this year. I was completely lost in the middle of one game of doubles, and uh, Steve Novak walked up and said, "Yeah, that, that Burgundy hammer is the ball you had to throw." I'm like, I, I don't think so. And he said, no, nope, it's the one. And he was 100% right. And, you know, it's that the, the time and the, basically just the, the time and the trust that we all have is kind of what did that. And, uh, you know, in, in college bowling, a lot, of, a lot of teams don't have that because they only have that short amount of time together. But uh, and especially on, on harder patterns where, you know, moves are so much more drastic and it takes so much more commitment to what you're doing. Uh, college bowling definitely helped that as far as, you know, seeing those really hard patterns where, you know, you could be lined up the first game and all of a sudden your move game two is to move 15 left and, and ball down or up. Um, or suddenly to get in front of that ball return and start uh, getting some air under it. Uh, definitely gave me a good a good base to accept that, those challenging things, and, uh, you know, not be afraid to try some different things. One of, one of the things, too, when I think about your guys' success at the Open Championships, Eric, now we go back, I don't know exactly how many years, but we've definitely known each other for quite a few years. And... Uh, you know, I think back for when people are getting ready and preparing for the Open Championships tournament, I just remember hearing, too, from you talking about how much you love bowling at the stadium, for example. <laughs> is it some, of the, is some of it, do you think, your attitude? Because I don't, I don't always hear that from everybody. I hear a lot of people, especially, you know, for many years, it was known that, well, if you bowl to the stadium, you have to, you're left-handed. Or they'd, <laughs> they'd, you know, be looking forward to going somewhere other than the stadium. You know, I'd, I'd hear some of that. i got to think that some of your guys' success there has to be 
just the fact that I know you, how much you guys really look forward to going there, you know, every year that we, that we yeah, that. I, I, I fully agree. Um, you know, the, the stadium and I have a very, very love hate relationship. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of many stories for a different day, but, uh, you know, I, I, and I, for the longest time, I never liked going there. And then just all of a sudden it was the, I think it was 2010 masters. I just all of a sudden saw my ball do the right thing and realized I've been looking at the land the wrong way at the stadium forever. And it was like a light switch going on. And and suddenly I've actually had a lot of success there ever since. And so just because I, I suddenly now know what I'm looking for, it helps me point my teammates in the right direction and they can see it and they can feed that back to me. And we've we've really had a lot of success there since then. So, um, you know, fingers crossed, hoping the new lane panels don't change too much there for, for the upcoming years. <laughs> So, Eric, there's a lot of changes, speaking of the USBC Open in upcoming years. In 2017, USBC made some rule changes based on feedback they received from bowlers. What are your thoughts on those? Now, we've all had a chance. There was everyone's initial reaction. Everyone was jumping out, you know, for, against, et cetera. Now we've all had a chance mm-hmm. to, to calm down and think about things. What are your thoughts now moving forward on, you know, even just, you know, not releasing the pattern and, you know, no live streams and some of that sort of thing going on? Sure. Yeah, they certainly did make a lot of changes, uh, and it was it was I mean, pretty entertaining to sit back and kind of watch the overreactions on a lot of that stuff for a while there. But uh, you know, and for the most part, it's a lot of changes that needed to be made. Uh, that third division is something that you know it's something needed to be done for quite some time. So I'm, I'm glad to see them stepping in there and, and making something happen. Uh, the, the PBA rule, I, I've been I've, I've been saying forever that it, it's the Open Championships; it should be open to everybody. So I'm, I'm glad to see that one too. The, uh, the not releasing the pattern, personally, I'm a little disappointed in that one. Um, I always thought that just uh, just from an education standpoint, you, when you post the pattern, people people go out and they, they seek information and and they learn more about what a lane graph is, what an oil pattern is, what it means. And it allows some people to, you know, work a little harder preparing just to understand more and what, what options are available and why certain things work. And just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a numbers guy and a how things work guy and I always like to, to see people more actively engaged in that. So I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, the live stream also, I, I personally really enjoyed watching the live stream. So just from a, from a selfish mm-hmm. standpoint, I, I'm going to miss the live stream. <laughs> and I think yeah, also I'm, one thing it's going to, one thing it's going to create is that, you know, when someone goes out there early and bowls well, you know, when, when there was live stream and patterns posted, they were, they were more than, more than happy to talk about the balls they were throwing and, and where they were playing because, everyone pretty much knew anyways and from 2017 moving on i don't think you're going to see that and to me that's a little unfortunate also and, and you bring up oil patterns you know and there was a lot i mean you worked in sport bowling for for several years right you were the guy that mm-hmm. would get the tapes from the from the bowling centers and the, and the uh the league managers that would have to submit those to you and you would have to actually verify that the conditions they were bowling on um met the compliance for for sport bowling so i can definitely see that as far as you know background from you know how do you how do you you know looking back on 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 those days when you were working in sport ball in the usbc and then you transitioned to uh ed knight as a district sales manager and, and now you're you've moved back home to minnesota why don't you just tell us a little bit about that transition between those you know pretty big moves uh, as far as moving down to texas and moving to las vegas and now back to minnesota and, and what do you see for yourself uh in the future Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to get a job with USBC pretty much right out of college, and uh, I was in the, the sport bowling program, PBA experience leagues, and 
as you remember, I sat in front of the uh, that gold box at my desk reading tape after tape for uh, for quite some. I think I used to joke. I, there were probably only a handful of people in the world that have read more tapes than I have. So, <laughs> I, you know, it looks a little funny on a on a resume, but I can easily say that. So it gave me a a really you know I spent a lot of really good years down there in Arlington, a lot of great people in that building. Um, I think it's a really misunderstood company. Um, there are you know they USBC gets a, a lot of flack for a lot of things they do. But, man, there's a lot of good people down there working really hard. And so wish everyone the best there. I had a lot of great years. Moved on from there to uh, Edmond International. Spent the last year as the uh, Southwest District Sales Manager. Traveled all over Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada. Saw some uh, some really cool parts of the country. Met a lot of great people and uh, helped uh, helped sell some good products. And uh, with, with our little kid, uh, now three years old, and most of our family back in Minnesota, we decided that it was uh, best to bring him back here to the frozen tundra and try to raise him as a Vikings fan. <laughs> well, I Eric, like to hear that. <laughs> Eric, you, um, you talk about you know your travel in different regions, and one of the areas that I think kind of gets a little bit lost is that Phoenix metro area. There's a lot of really good bowlers from, you know, from the Andrew Canes and the Josh Blanchards and Craig Spencers and all sorts of bowlers. But just talk about when you're traveling to these different parts, how you're able to connect with the different bowlers and then even help out with, you know, with your representation of Ebonite in getting the bright ball in their hands. Because it might not be the same for a guy in Southern Cal versus Arizona. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny. We always used to joke that when you go to bowl junior gold stuff, you could you'd watch a kid throw, you know, four or five shots and almost pick out where they live. Just just because certain regions of the country have, you know, for for example, uh, SoCal is very dry. So usually guys tend to throw really hard and and, and chuck to the right pretty good. And then uh, Nevada has quite a bit of oil, so you see a little bit lower wall speeds and more forward rolls. So you see a lot of different styles across the country. And, uh, you know, one of the things we did, we did at Ebonite, as most companies do, is we had the, the demo day programs where we'd have, you know, a whole pile of bowling balls and people would come out, we'd fit them into the right spans, and uh, you get to meet them, interact with them a little bit, they'd throw a shot for a while, and then you could, uh, you know, basically have your pick of bowling balls to fit them into. And, you know, they'd usually walk out of there an hour later with a lot more knowledge about the product and uh, two or three balls that, that they knew would work for them because they just tried them on their condition. It was uh, a really cool product and something I'm really glad to see the industry uh, embracing. It's you know, just a really good thing for bowling ball sales in general and the consumers. Hey, final final question I have for you, Eric. Um, and and now this relates to again, we'll go back to the Open Championships a little bit. Just again with your you know amazing amount of success and and stuff that you had there. Um, what what kind of goals can you set for yourself? Um, it, it, I mean, as, as far as your team and and I mean Anthony Lacaz and how, how well he's done personally. You guys competed as a team together so well. Um, what kind of goals do you set, and how do you keep that that kind of that fire going um, once you're already on top? You know, a lot of times people say, "Hey, it's a lot easier to get to the top than it is to stay on top." I mean, what are you what, what are your views on that, and and what are your what are your goals set forth for this coming year? Well, you know, I guess it's it's almost kind of weird to hear you say, hear you uh, phrase the question that way because you know, uh, basically, our goal every year is to to go out there and win, and and our our previous success almost has no bearing on that. Uh, you know, every, everyone walks out there and you're all starting from zero every year. So it doesn't really make any difference. And, uh, I guess we always approach it that way every year. We, we usually bowl fairly early. We're closer to the first part of April, uh, kind of what we settled on. So, you know, a lot of times we've gone out there and, you know, the leading scoring team will, you know, we know it's going to be 210 shy of what's going to take to win. So we'll, we'll kind of have a number in mind. Uh, you know, this year, or last year, our goal was to go out there and, and team and shoot 3,400 and, uh, team events was, 
we were hoping for 9,900. And we fell just a little bit short in team. Uh, we took the lead by a couple hundred pins, but we knew that it was it was very beatable, and it held up for about two weeks before uh, Godzilla was nice enough to throw all three in the tent to just edge around us, which we were able to see on Locker Stream. I'll, <laughs> I'll throw in there. <laughs> Led for a pretty interesting uh, dinner as I was watching that happen. But uh, And then the next day for Team All Events, our goal was 9,900, and we ended up getting over the 10,000 mark again. So, uh, you know, I guess our, our goals are very short-term. When we get out there, we decide what, what numbers we're shooting at, and that's kind of, uh, you know, what we're looking for. But this next year is going to be just an incredible experience with uh, with Tony going for his fourth eagle in a row, looking to become the pers- first person ever in history to do that. Um, just it, it gives me chills just thinking about it. And it's going to be, uh, you know, hopefully we, we can give it a run. The team event is one we always feel is our best chance. So hopefully we can uh, go out there, get it going early, and, and maybe help him bring home his fourth in a row. All right. Well, speaking that of the would, that would be amazing. You're absolutely right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> speaking of the stadium, the World Series of Bowling, talk about your goals and your expectations for that. As you know, someone who bowls, uh, I guess you. I mean, I don't want to say on a part time basis on the tour, but you know, you, you're not out there full time grinding like the Bill O'Neills of the world are. But talk about your what you expect out of yourself and how you've been preparing for the World Series. Yeah, that, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, every year I've—I uh, think this is the seventh World Series now, so I've you know watched all, all of them before on extra frame, and every year I've kind of sat back and just kind of said, "Wow, I wonder—I wonder how I do out there." And I, I'm sure you know a couple of times I'd match up, and I'm, I'm sure I'd give it a run, but you never know until you get the chance. And uh, this year, with me still being right kind of between jobs right now, and then not requiring you to get your car this year because of the extra lane availability in Reno, you know, it just so happened to work out. So I'll be—I'll uh, be heading out there in a couple of days and. Uh, you know, I guess my expectations, uh, I, I, I kind of expect to, to match up on a couple of the patterns fairly well. So, you know, hopefully I can uh, perform as, as I know I can and, and give it a run and, you know, maybe uh, make a couple match plays. And, and they've also changed the format for match plays this year. It looks like it's all elimination matches. So a little bit more of a crapshoot to make the show. All you got to do is beat one person a couple times and you can make it on there. So. Yeah, I've been preparing as, as best I can, trying to get the uh, you know the shoulder and the back and, and the thumb and bowling into condition. Uh, around here in the Twin Cities, lots of a lot of options as far as different lane panels, lane surfaces, lane conditions to practice on. So I've been trying to make my way around town, getting in games where I can. Uh, actually, just uh, I slept in a sport league on Monday nights. We were on Scorpion last week, and I was able to uh, trip four pin for three hundred. That was a nice little confidence booster. So feeling pretty good about the game. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just hoping to, uh, to to bowl as I can. Hope the body holds up and uh, maybe make a run on the TV show. Great. And now, do you see what? when you bowl at the stadium, just um, no matter what pattern you're bowling on the lane, you got to see in a certain zone of the lane there? Or do you feel like all the patterns from Cheetah to Viper, et cetera, that you do have to move constantly in, in the stadium? Well, in general, um, at the stadium, I've... I've kind of found my ball doesn't like to strike once I get inside of about 18 or 19 of the arrows. So that's, that's kind of been my goal is to always try to stay right. But the patterns, this, uh, you know, assuming they keep the distance is about the same. Uh, you know, we're talking anywhere from 35 feet on cheetah to 47 foot on scorpion. So, you know, real hard to keep the break point anywhere near the same place on those. So I, I expect to be uh, kind of all over the place, but that's kind of why I think I'll just with my ball roll, I'll probably match up on two of the four patterns fairly well. Um, I'm assuming that the two shorter ones I should have a good look on. The longer ones might be a little bit more of a, a challenge for me, but uh, you never know. Uh, the, the lane panels were just put in last year. I uh, just had the women to open on those, I believe, just last year, and that's uh, all the play they have on them. So that's, you know, the lane surface itself plays a huge role in all that stuff. So just kind of keep an open mind and see what happens. 
Well, I definitely uh, think that it can't be a coincidence that you decided to venture into your first WSOB at the when it's bowling at the at the National Bowling Stadium, Eric. But we'll definitely <laughs> we'll we'll definitely follow you on uh, on extra frame and, and and watch your performance out there and be rooting for you. And uh, definitely want to thank you for joining us uh, today and uh, appreciate all your time and best of luck and uh, and go Vikings. They're, they're right there <laughs> at the top. So uh, let's hope for a strong finish. <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the definition of a, a bandwagon fan. So yes, go Vikings. And thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I appreciate everything, and uh, you guys have a great day.